It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris. And my name is Mike. And this week, we're planning our big game watch party, Mike. I think I think we should be treating the Super Bowl like we are Steamboat Willie now, where we can just, let's just yep. say it. Let's just reclaim well, it. <laughs> it. It's down there. It's down there. I, I didn't want to get us flagged in the first 30 seconds, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll get flagged then. But we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Star Wars is getting a what if show. Ooh, interesting. Kind of, yeah. I got some got some uh, similarities for that. That's pretty cool. Indiana Jones takes us to his great circle. Wink, wink. Oh, that's. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. <laughs> it's, a, right. it's a video <laughs> game, guys. It's a video game. It's there. We go. We'll get it out of the way. It's not that great circle, but uh, we wish it was and more. And more. Hey, if I can see that big great circle of his in the Apple Vision Pro and mm. all of its three thousand dollar glory, and I can like so, move my head in and move my head out, I, I'm so in for it. I looked. I was watching that obviously because we've been following it when it launched for pre order this week. Thirty five hundred dollars minimum, uh, plus a two hundred dollar battery, plus a two hundred dollar headset, plus another two hundred dollar carrying case. I was like, this is getting up about five. I think it was about five thousand dollars in the cart when you like add all the stuff that they want you to have when it launches. Other than just hey, I'm gonna put it on my coffee table. Like I, like I'm. I think VR headsets are so cool. Like the idea and everything about them are cool. But like I have like a a Meta Quest Two that I like picked up on Facebook Marketplace like on the cheap. You know, I throw it on Mm -hmm. occasionally, and you know, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is kind of cool. But like, still nothing has like been so compelling where I felt like I'm going to use it as much as any standard video game I've ever mm-hmm. played, right? And but like I'm hoping like somebody can change that because it's like it's just cool, but it just seems like nobody yeah. has figured out that like what is the must have, must do thing in VR. Cuz honestly, I feel like it's almost more fun just watching other people try it for the first time cuz it's like, "Oh, that's fun," yeah. but like once all your friends have tried it, like who else do you kind of have to like, I guess, prank, so, you know? Well, I, I think the, the difference is, again, I have the three and, and the mixed reality has changed my perception of that a little bit, right? That way, when you put on the, the when I put on my old two, I was in a, in a room and like you were, you were, I was sucked in. I couldn't do anything else other than if I wanted to see that black and white grainy version of their cameras, I'm like, yeah, I could look through this. But the immersion, the, the, the other immersion is great, but like. What I can't do, and someone who plays video games quite a bit and, and uses my VR headset, is after like 30 minutes, I feel the weight, I feel the heat from my face in the headset, and it's uncomfortable to wear. So I think it's not maybe the nest, the must-haves. It's how do we make this so you don't know you're wearing it, and it's just there, more more easier, because I can't stand my face getting hot in these things, no matter if it's fabric or plastic or whatever. They've tried them all. My face just feels hot because of that you know being stuck there so i i think once they find a way to make it like oh you don't know you're really wearing it i think that'll be the yeah. the kicker i mean i know we're already going we're, we're we're on this tangent already so i'm riding it but like we've briefly mentioned there's a, a vr headset i think called big screen is the name of it yeah and those are like the those are kind of like the coolest version of vr goggles 
because it they're just putting like the visual components in mm-hmm. a headset. So they literally look like very small like welding yeah. goggles and like you're supposed to like 3D scan your face so they make like a custom printed cushion for your face and everything. But that's all that's in the component. There yeah. has to be a cable that runs to something. So it's just like well, some might think, oh, maybe the the best thing to do is put all the compute power in the headset. But like, no, if Apple no. Vision Pro, is, <laughs> like if Apple Vision Pro is already saying, hey, you're gonna have a cable with a battery, like let's just move all the computer parts out of the headset and just put it into this battery mm-hmm. pack because you already have it tethered anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's gonna make the battery pack computer part heavier, but I feel like I'd yeah. rather have that supported on my waist than on my face. You know? If you want to preview that, the, the augmented reality, the X-Real augmented reality um, glasses are very similar because you have to have a cord to power them. They can be run on a switch or you know your consoles or, or your handheld. I think that's a really good example of what that would look like, minus, the again, the, the, the VR part of it, right? It's like maybe you know that the AR is like half there, but they are really cool um, to, to do, but at the same time with that, I'm like, I couldn't, I, I had them for uh, under 30 days because that was the return window. And I'm like, I can't find a reason that I would use these more than my current computer or phone. And once mm-hmm. I was, realized that, and, and you know, Mike, you know me, it's hard for me to admit I, I got something I didn't like. Um, <laughs> I, I, I send it back because I'm like, I'm going to just, I'm going to regret having these. They're going to be expensive uh, and I'm not going to use them. So I'm going to send them back until another version in a year or two comes along. Um, and obviously we talked a little bit, maybe a little bit, I don't know if it was us or somewhere, but like the invisible, the invisible TVs at CES this year, right? Uh, year two of the clear TVs. It's like condense that down to some glasses and that's what it kind of looks like at the end of the day. So, um, I, I think, I think it's fun. I'm excited. I just, you know, I balk at the price of, a, of an Apple, you know, vision pro headset. Once you look at yeah, all the, you know, all the necessities yeah. you have to have. Yeah, you know how many Peacock subscriptions you could sign up for? Yeah. For the price two? of one Apple Vision Pro? It's At least insane. two. At least two. How many Applebee's subscription cards can you get for that price, Mike? Oh, my gosh. Uh, we were just talking about that. <laughs> if you don't know about the Applebee's subscription card, this is nuts. They they have to be limiting these things because I can't imagine they would be solvent as a company if they let everybody buy these. So for a single $200 and I I believe it's a yearly price. So for like a $200 yearly subscription, you get $30 off of Applebee's every 24 hour period, which is insane. And I don't believe that there's a limit to what you have to buy. So you just show up, you buy something for like 25 bucks, whatever you flash them your golden card. It's free. Come back in a next day, do the same thing. Like if you do the math, it's like $15,000 of food for like $200. That's insanity. So here, here's, here's the sticker. It's valid 52 times. You can use it essentially once a week. Oh, is it once a week? I thought it was once well, a day. It's, it's once a day, but you have 52 times to use it within a year. Oh, well, I think still 52. Uh, it's, it, well, th- it's it takes 15,000 well, well, to 1,500, essentially, is what it does, if you look at the math. But Oh, yeah. It's still, either way, yeah. you're you're bleeding your local apple leaves dry. you got to go do it. <laughs> right. I, I'm just, I mean, can I, can I use it on liquor? Where, what, can I, what can I use it on? Uh, I don't think you oh, can. No, I, I think there's like special beverages. restrictions around uh, Damn liquor. But but Chris was uh, lamenting the existence of Applebee's before we hit record. I hate Applebee's. And I was like, well, heck, you got to get everyone in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, isn't that the whole slogan with Applebee's? Something in the neighborhood or I don't Eating know. Good in the neighborhood? I don't know if that's it or not. At, 
Like that's th- that's the most intriguing thing is I don't think Applebee's has strategically thought about what if all of these gold cards get sold to the exact same neighborhood? Like mm-hmm. they're expecting them to be like, you know, spread out across the country. No, Chris, everyone in your neighborhood gets all of the cards available and they all go to the same Applebee's and they just drain it until it's gone. Like mm-hmm. just like, you know, you go to the dermatologist and they're just like pulling something out of, you know, I'll, I'll stop yeah. there. But that's how you... Chris, right. that's how you that's get rid of the Applebee's. That's how you do it. We don't have one near us, thankfully. I think our HOA has run them off as, like, you are too <laughs> low bar for our area. So I, I, I appreciate that. But, yeah, um, I pulled up their page, and every uh, they have photos flashing here. Uh, they have four photos repeating. Every uh, Two of the four photos have alcoholic beverages in it. So my excitement was um, there and then immediately shattered because to hell with that. So, um Anyway, so I just hate, I just fucking hate Applebee's. I've never had a good time there. So, but anyway, so anyway, we um we are currently streaming live uh, on YouTube. If you're watching us or if you're listening to us on the podcast, welcome. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe our channel and our podcast anywhere you listen to your shows because we want to do that. But Mike, let's get into this because um you've got to watch some things. We I, we were talking earlier. I have had a uh, you know those rare ten to twelve hour work days for for this week, so I haven't had a chance to do anything. But you got to watch. Um, one new thing, one thing from last year, and uh, I want to talk about this first thing because uh, I'll let you do it because I've only seen we talked about there's only one scene I've seen a, like five to ten times online already, and I I love it so I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah, uh, could you believe a, a, a two film franchise, which honestly I forgot existed, mm-hmm. got turned into a series on Peacock, and that is Ted the series, a prequel series where you take Mark Wahlberg's character back when he's 16 years old, and then him and the adventures of his teddy bear, which is still continued to be voiced uh, by Seth MacFarlane, and. Um, to preface this, I have seen the first two Ted movies, and I remember liking them, but I don't remember much about them. I remember them being raunchy. I remember uh, the bear being funny. You know, Mark Wahlberg had, like, the star power to kind of make this a little bit more um, of a, a bigger kind of, like, box office return, I think. And uh, But then it just kind of, like, I feel like it died off, you know, after the first two films. Uh, but this series it's roaring back the seven episodes mm-hmm. on peacock they they range to about, i want to say like 35 to 40 minutes and it's just hilarious it's so funny i don't know if it's funnier than the ted movies because i haven't seen them in a while or i just haven't partaken in seth MacFarlane humor in quite a while like i can't remember the last time i watched american dad or family guy which i you know i was very formal experience for me when in my teenage mm-hmm. years watching those shows but like uh ted the series is just great it's super funny you know it's a pure period piece you know back in the 90s when Mark Wahlberg's character was in high school uh if there's any sort of like you know um plot to the show it would be uh this is when Ted finally starts going to school with um oh god what is Mark Wahlberg's character called Johnny Mm -hmm. either way I, I can't quite remember uh, so it's now Ted's going to school and it's just, it's just hilarious humor. I've seen some people describe it as like, this is the closest we're going to get to like a live action family guy. Um, there's no cutaways, which I know family guy is famous for, but you know, I prefer American dad more myself and they've never really done a lot of the cutaway humor in that show. But yeah, my wife and I were just like cracking up like stitches, like laughing at this show. 
Uh, there's every once in a while these there are these hilarious kind of one-off characters where like oh he goes into a pharmacy to buy condoms for the first time and there's this weird pharmacist who's just like oh um, here's my specialty I always like to pick the right condom for the right high school boy and it's just everyone's weirded out and it's just hilarious uh, you gotta go check it out I'm sad it's only seven episodes um, no confirmation of a season two yet but like who denies Seth yeah. MacFarlane? You know, he has a smash hit on Fox with the Orville. I think it's on Fox. Um, you know, obviously he's got the long-running animated series. Pretty much everything he does seems yeah. to be successful. So I, I don't yeah, I see mean, why you don't give this more. Peter Griffin, you talking about that guy who's in Fortnite? You're talking about that Fortnite character? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, the, the, but he's not, he's, you know, they made him fatter for the TV show. I know mm. he used to be fit canonically, historically. That's the origin of his character is muscular. Yeah. But, yeah, they yeah. had to make him uh, fat for the cartoon. Yeah. But uh, another thing that I think kind of goes unappreciated, and uh, this is just, I guess, the signs of the time with uh, technology, um, but the visual effects on Ted are astounding. Like the visual fidelity of his fur, you know, there's unique topology on his body. Like there's patches where like the fur has been worn away. There's absolutely seamless transitions where they're handing off bongs to each other. And I, do, I can't find the digital seam anywhere. I, I don't know if the bong's real and, and there's a green glove grabbing it or if it's a fake bong and the actor's holding it. Uh, I was I was mesmerized by the cast shadows that Ted has when he's just walking down like a brightly lit hallway. Like it is like seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just I'm very impressed just by like whatever team is in charge of like uh, I guess post production and also on set because I think maybe only one time did I feel like maybe one of the actors didn't quite get the eye line of where Ted was supposed to be. But it's it, he feels like a real mm. character. It's really astounding. It's like the, it's kind of like the same feeling I get when I'm in like a two and a half hour intensive uh, IMAX viewing of like Avatar two. You know where I feel like I could walk out and these blue people would just be out there in the lobby getting popcorn. Yeah. But like I could like walk into you know a local high school and like see Ted yeah. uh, walking around making fun of people. Yeah. Uh, the- the and, only I was gonna say the only thing I've seen from this show and it did look good. It was a clip where he absolutely uh, roasts this high school mean girl, if you will. <laughs> and I was like, I've watched that a couple times. Like, damn, that's 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 pretty good. That's not something you're gonna get on network television from Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, and I guess to 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 bring it home and to sell it just one last. If you're just like, oh, this type of like thing is it is it isn't for me the show surprisingly has a lot of heart in it it's not just kind of like dumb for dumb sake where like if you're watching like family guy the whole joke for the whole episode is to like roast meg and like she never kind of gets you know her revenge or there's no character development there's actual like solid character development people are growing and becoming better people in this show so uh huge recommendation for ted go check it out on Mm -hmm. um peacock but It's going to be harder for me to recommend the next thing that I checked out. Uh, I saw the trailer for this last year, and I really wanted to go check it out and see it because it looked really, really cool. High concept uh, science fiction. Uh, But after it came out and I failed to go see it myself, I never heard anybody talk about it. Like, no buzz, no even, um, like, hot takes. It seemed like just nobody went and saw the movie. So I was like, well, this seems like, you know, just ripe for the pickings. Like, uh, I have no preconceived notions for 2023's The Creator from Gareth Edwards, who you might know 
from uh, Rogue One, writer-director mm-hmm. of that. He also had kind of, I don't know if it would be considered indie, but maybe lower-budget uh, Monster or The Monster. I don't remember exactly what it was called. And he also did the first 24, I think it was 2014, that Godzilla movie, the, the kind of Garrett first like, kickoff of that, yeah, the new yeah. Um, Godzilla he, franchise. He was tied to, wasn't he tied to a Star Wars? Was he the one guy who they fired and then we got J.J. Abrams to do? I don't know. It's hard. No, he to did tell. Rogue One. He did Rogue One. He did, he, he did yeah, Rogue he, One. Yeah, he did do Rogue One. Um, yeah. Sorry, but I, I I feel like none of the achievement that maybe he's gotten had translated to uh, the creator. Uh, it's a bit unfortunate because you know you're like oh unique you know IP less based uh, science fiction movie. Let's dive in. Um, just John David Washington. Uh, I never remember the guy the, from the Tenet. first two. Yeah, the guy from Tenet, the protagonist from Tenet. He stars in the movie, and the visual effects are beautiful, which, you know, makes sense as Gareth Edwards has a visual effects background in Hollywood before he kind of started uh, making movies. But the story just unfortunately falls flat. There's so many kind of futuristic technology-based ideas that, you know, if you look at them in a silo, they're kind of cool and, and impressive. But once you kind of put them all in the movie, it feels like we're not in a cohesive world that makes a whole lot of sense you know we're dealing with super advanced uh, hyper realistic ai so it just some scene some stuff even though we're in the future seems a little too far-fetched some stuff seems a little bit cheesy and then at the same time the story really never elevates and meets the visual effects because the fidelity of the trailer everything looks so sophisticated but the story not quite to the level of rebel moon but like I've seen all of these tropes before. I've seen all these story moments. You're just kind of feels like you're watching another version of like, you know, that classic, what is it? Lone wolf and cub kind mm-hmm. of stories where you have like the, the, the grown up protagonist is protecting the, Mandalorian. the young, innocent, Mandalorian. you know? Yeah, exactly. The Mandalorian or, um, I was also thinking of Logan as well, mm-hmm. but it, you, we, you just don't really come to care for the characters as much. And it was just a little bit unfortunate. So I think honestly, you could probably skip the creator and you, or you could just do what I did where like, you know, once you're about 30 minutes into it and you start to realize, Ooh, I don't think this is going to be for me. You just kind of pick up the remote and kind of start jumping around mm-hmm. fast forward a couple of bits. Um, but yeah, yeah audience scores were 76%. So it, it looks like it could be hit or miss based on yeah, that too. Unfortunately, so. I will be, uh, I will be a little bit more, guarded the next gareth edwards project that uh hits the big screen hmm. okay well let's jump into news then um let's start with super bowl discussion coming up uh in two weeks mike not two weeks three weeks right the 11th <laughs> you're asking the wrong person yeah it's the 11th <laughs> it's not the first week in february it's the second week in february it is uh, i believe the 11th uh, I, I keep seeing i i don't follow sports um but i keep seeing people say the nfl is rigged uh, I don't know what this <laughs> means, but um, apparently it is rigged. So uh, I'm not here to get into that, but I do am excited to have a watch party, if you will, uh, because guess what, Mike? Commercials. We're always excited for the commercials. And you know what mm-hmm. makes this year exciting for commercials, Mike, is there's really only one DC movie and one Marvel movie this year for the first time in forever. Uh, can you imagine yeah. that? Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like, let yeah. us miss this stuff so we're excited to go back. Yeah. You know, um, and and it's fine. So I, I think I think last year was very overcrowded. I think this March is going to be very overcrowded. But I do think the one of the trailers we are going to get, Mike, is in fact for Deadpool three. I, I I feel it in my bones. They're going to promote the hell out of this. Um, 
starting in February. And we actually, our first topic is Deadpool 3, and there are some uh, materials out in the wild already, which makes me think that they're gearing up for the big push this year, right? Take take your marketing dollars, spend it on a property that's already proven to be successful, use Ryan Reynolds, use Hugh Jackman, use the comedy, have some fun with it. I, I fully expect this. Do you have any doubts we will get a Deadpool 3 trailer? Well, God, I mean, what else does the Disney Corporation have to advertise? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like there's been some years where they don't really show up all that much, but it's because, you know, they're just kind of letting, you know, the other like media conglomerates like fill in those slots. Just seems like there's not a whole lot of really big things to promote this year entertainment wise. Right. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to be a really, really big property to afford and, you know, justify a Super Bowl yeah. spot. And really from like the Disney side, like, you know, I don't know what Pixar movie is supposed to well, come out this year, but you know, there theoretically could be a Pixar movie. Like, well, it's actually like, those don't... our second bullet point inside out too. I, I, I fully expect an inside out two trailer. Oh yeah. I mean that, that could be, that could be there as well, but yeah, there's just for the better. I think there's just less this year and mm. I'm kind of curious, does it feel like less or is this more of a return to normalcy, mm. how things used to be? And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to I, it. I, I think this is a little lighter. I would expect two movies, right? Like, you know, two movies kind of, kind of a year from Marvel. Um, this, the only thing I can think of is, um, I, I don't have it in here, but you know, Deadpool three from Disney, in terms of the same thing, I've got Ghostbusters, right? You know, Frozen Empire, Godzilla, a new empire. I think those are given simply because they're around the corner. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that we've already seen that's not a surprise. Um, a Quiet Place prequel, what's it called? Uh, you know, Day Zero, whatever it's called. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to get one. we got Inside Out 2. I've got Despicable Me 4, Mike. I mean, Illumination. <laughs> It, you know they're they're milking those despicable me things the minions i mean those coffers are full not only from all of those uh minion sequels but from the super mario, mario movie yep. they got marketing dollars to spend man exactly they're gonna do that um i also went with um in, in terms of that a house of the dragon season two is is launching mm-hmm. this summer that's probably gonna get uh, a big thing hbo i don't know what hbo has coming this year so i think that's gonna be huge for them to do some stuff for hbo max I didn't know Twisters was getting a sequel, or Twister was getting a sequel called Twisters. Um, oh, so I, think, I didn't know either. <laughs> I think this is going to be, I, I, they're going to need to put that out there a little bit. So I think that's going to be happening. And then um, I'll launch it here, Sonic and Knuckles. Um, I know it's been filming. Uh, I know the first two movies of it. I think we could get a small 15-second teaser, Mike. Of, yeah, of Sonic I feel and like, I mean, I don't know if I'm just... Um imagining this but i feel like that first sonic movie there was a trailer at the super bowl i don't know if it mm-hmm. was pre-sonic facelift or post-sonic facelift but i feel like sonic has been to the super bowl uh before uh to, to 2022 actually last year <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah the, the sonic 2 one came out last year uh so that that seems right i also looked up here i forgot uh, disney has fox movies so the fox movies i forgot to look up kingdom of the planet of the apes might get another trailer and then the new Alien Romulus movie coming from Fede Alvarez could get a trailer. Oh, yeah. And also, like, I'm just trying to think of people with deep pockets. Um, yep. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see something Apple TV related. I don't mm-hmm. know what it would be. I mean, Monarch, they've already wrapped up, yep. so they couldn't really promote anything new there. I, I don't know if Severance Season 2 is going to make it to air this calendar year, but... 
you know, but that yeah. almost seems too niche for a Super Bowl spot. Um, yeah. So maybe do you think they'll just Apple, do like an Apple TV in general commercial? Like, yeah, they could do that, and then they could have like short little clips of stuff that they have coming up. I'm trying yeah. to think of any big budget thing that they have. Like, don't they have an the Alien he- TV show actually that they're working on? Uh, no, I don't, uh, that's I think that's still Fox. Um, oh, is it Hulu? Oh, yeah, okay, Hulu. I, well, the the Harrison Ford show second season might be coming sooner than later. Was oh, it? shrinking. Yeah, yeah. There could they could there could be a highlight reel yeah, there. I can imagine a highlight reel for that. Um, for for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, there's that. And the last one I forget about this movie coming out every year, Mike. And I think this could be a long shot, but a good opportunity. That's Joker two, the only DC movie coming out this year. Well, I feel like we're kind of lucky on the DC Marvel side of things. The two movies we're getting this year are very proven characters. <laughs> Both are rated uh, with, yeah, with the box office. Yeah, are <laughs> rated. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, um, I feel like I am kind of soft in general on Deadpool two. I haven't really gone back and rewatched it. I remember liking it in theaters, but I was like, ah, oh, didn't quite capture the feeling I got when I saw the first Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping like, you know, it's been so like, this is the thing. It's been so long since Deadpool two, even though like I was, you know, soft on my excitement on it. It's been so long. Now I'm actually looking forward to Deadpool three. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you do it. And it's been maybe not equally, equally as long, but it's been a while since I've seen the first Joker movie. I, I haven't like, rewatched totally... it since the theaters actually. Yeah. Uh, so like, I think that'll be fun. Yeah. I think this is going to be a good calendar year for us, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. I if we come back um, the week after the Super Bowl, uh, talking about Joker two and Deadpool three, I think we've all won at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, I'm uh, very very excited to to dive into those. If anyone else has any uh, things they think that we're gonna see or not see, um, snacks you like for Super? I love getting ready for Super Bowl snacks, Mike. I love Ooh, I doing got- it. I, I, it's not a groundbreaking snack by any means, but it's something that uh, my wife and I just threw together ad hoc uh, the other week where we had, um, I don't remember what type of cheese it was, but it was kind of like a somewhat softer. You got me a cheese. You got me a cheese. <laughs> it, was a sum, it was a somewhat softer white cheese. So I don't know if it was like a Havarti or what, exa- what exactly mm-hmm. it was. We slapped that on a, um, on a cracker and then we threw down a little bit of like uh, strawberry preserves, and ooh boy, all together, ooh those those were those were hitting for sure. So I, it's not as gluttonous as you might see, you know, at a normal Super Bowl Super Bowl party. But I, I would recommend uh, throwing down some cheese with some sweetness on top of it. That's mm-hmm. my that's my recommendation. Mix, mixing it up a little bit. All right, all right. Yeah. I've got um, so for for Christmas, um, there's this YouTube or Instagram channel, uh. Uh, called a uh, good boy Noah and it's this cheetah puppet that sings and they the, the, the guy sings and they, he's like cheetah teach oh, me how to cook things he's like yo cheetah hey yo cheetah what's he's like what's up, up? <laughs> so so that's one of my favorite things of the world. I love this channel I've loved it for too long but it's like one of those things I'm like I'm scared to share this with people because they're gonna think I'm weird um but it's like Muppet adjacent so I, I see it so for Christmas my wife got me uh the cheetah sauce box he has three hot sauces Oh, uh, I had no idea. A chipotle, a salsa verde, and a hickory. And uh, she also got me the hat, the trucker hat for it as well, because I, I love wearing that. So 
Uh, I'm excited to dive into hot sauces. I think my Super Bowl this year is going to be a hot sauce um, sampler platter Ooh, all around. Do it, because um, I everyone you know everyone's got the cheese dips. They've we've got the dips on. People have dips covered. I'll let them bring their dips. I'll bring their <laughs> whatever they want for that. But I want to do. Um, think I'm going to get the meats and the hot sauces and get that covered. Uh, pretty pretty early on. So, um, man, I'm hungry. It is dinner time here. <laughs> I, I am ready for some food. But anyway, let's shift back into gears, back into Deadpool 3. Mike, the reason I bring this up, and I shared this with you, and I asked you before I, I sent this to you, I'm like, Mike, do you want to see some of the new merchandise promo art for Deadpool 3 that is now in the wild? Because uh, there are sticker sheets for Disney coming out, and one of them is actually Deadpool 3. And it includes uh, Wade with his two swords pulling out of his back, and then uh, a fully suited up Wolverine mask and all with his claws in the front of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, uh, you do a really good job protecting me from spoilers, but uh, unfortunately, the Wolverine side of things, are, is, the cat's totally out of the bag. Mm-hmm. And even, I think the Instagram algorithm a couple weeks ago showed me, like, the official masked version of Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I, like, I don't know if they, just when they were kind of getting back to set, you know, we, after the we, strike. We, and, we, we had it in the notes, too, but, yeah, it's one of the things, like, I'm, I, you don't want to, like, if you want to be surprised, don't look, right? Kind of deal. Yeah. And it and honestly, it looked great because there were so many people like doing surprisingly good, convincing photoshops of other masks on Hugh Jackman. But they all looked weird. They all looked like they were either too wide or the fins were just too much. And I just didn't like the way that it looked. But kind of once I've seen like the official direction for it, it actually yeah. makes sense. And I like it. Yeah. So I, they've, I feel like they've really nailed the proportions of like making it somewhat believable in reality, but also... Uh, being true to kind of a yeah. comic book origin. And what? I think it also helps that I, I don't think we officially know the origin of this Logan, but it seems like it's going to be an, an alternate version, which maybe yeah. uh, kind of protects us from trying to imagine a previous Hugh Jackman putting this mask on, you know, yeah. when he was a little bit more grounded in well, reality. So if, if I think they said it's at least if they, they're still acknowledging the previous timeline. Now, again, it could be an alternate universe. That's perfectly fine. But it is before Logan, but after the Wolverine. Because at the end of the mm-hmm. Wolverine, they tease the costume, right? Remember that? they She gifts them a costume. Oh, yeah. Like when they're getting on the plane. Yeah. So right. so I think it's after that. But what is cool about Deadpool and, and that whole movie, they literally defined and refined and made white-eyed costumes work. Like, it works in Deadpool. They added the little motion to it. It's got enough to make you believe he's looking at it. You don't think, oh, why is it white? You know, it doesn't take you out of the film. And to do that to, to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is just the icing on the cake here, Mike. Like, cool. really, like, you don't have to see his eyes. They, they made the white eyes work in Deadpool. They're making it work on Hugh Jackman here. Yeah. And, that's and also, great. like, it makes sense in the world of Deadpool. It's probably one of the, like even arguably like statistically the funniest Marvel movie just based on jokes and just the tone of the movie. So seeing a character like with like wide eyes, like emoting through the mask, which kind of breaks reality a little bit, like we're okay with because we know that the ride we're going on, like trying to imagine like watching Logan, one of the most serious superhero movies I've ever seen and putting this mask on, you know, I think would kind of conflict with the tone a little bit, but I I know the the camera doesn't work in Logan. (laughs) Yeah. Like I know the, um, the working title for this at one point was like Deadpool and Wolverine or something like that. And it still Um, could be, it still could be right now it's untitled, but, um, yeah, 
But finally seeing them in marketing material together, it kind of solidifies that like, oh, this isn't, this is more than a cameo. This is more than like, um, maybe even more of a presence than Deadpool and Cable in the last Deadpool movie. It seems like Wolverine is part of the movie. Uh, So early, yeah, probably early. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Imagine this on a poster. (laughs) How does this not make a billion dollars in the box office? Right. Exactly. I mean, I feel like we, we have not captured magic like this in a while. And and it's, it's literally again for, for people who, who aren't clicking on it or can't see it because they're, you know, they're listening. It is the Jim Lee X-Men from the animated series, right? It's yellow, it's mm-hmm. black, it's blue. Uh, you know, he's got the little covers over his hands where his claws come out, the little metal, you know, covers. Mm-hmm. Like, it is uh, what you imagined Wolverine looking like in the 90s. If you're like, if he was walking right now, what do we look like? This is it right here. So, I absolutely love it. It's, it's great. Now, I will say there is, uh, for those who want to avoid spoilers, there are other on-set photos. I did send one to Mike. Um, of actual variants on set filming. I'm not going to tell you what variants, but we will have multiple variants all at the same time in this movie, which is great because that just, you know, solidifies the multiverse aspect of it a little bit. And you say, I know we have seen um, before, we've had confirmation of Dogpool already, like Deadpool mm-hmm. and Dogpool. Um, so I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to confirm it. But Mike, I sent you a live action photo of one and we it gives me a giggle to look at a little bit. Like mm-hmm. the, I, I don't want to tell people what it is, but there they are other variant photos out there. Uh, for people to see. So you can start blocking those Deadpool keywords now because uh, next six months or so, it's going to be rough to avoid some of these onset mm-hmm. spoilers for it. Exciting. Uh, another Marvel movie that I have a lot of high hopes for Mike. And I think you could probably say the same is, is Spider-Man four. We've had a really, really mm-hmm. good run of MCU Spider-Man movies. Uh, and the next Spider-Man four, obviously they're working on getting a director and they haven't locked that down. But the rumor for this is that it's a villain of someone we've not seen in live action yet. They're not revisiting uh, like Sony is a rebooted Mysterio or a rebooted Dr. Octopus um, mm-hmm. or an- yet another Green Goblin, Mike. Um, but the they are going to give us someone we've never seen before, which is exciting. Um, obviously, one of the things that they kind of teased with us in the first Spider-Man Homecoming was a commute or not commu- a Scorpion character. Right. Um, the, mm-hmm. They had the character, the guy who, who was supposed to be Scorpion there. And he asked, um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Keaton's character. And, you know, hey you know who is spider-man he's like i don't know that's one another character is chameleon but i don't feel like i feel like that's going to be somebody actually in um craven i think it's craven's half brother in the comics so Uh i don't think i think that's going to show up in the craven movie and lastly uh we've talked about this before uh in the spider-man game solution we've had a lot of ground level characters and spider-man's going back to ground level because no one knows who he is and he's you know in new york tombstone was another character that came to mind yeah, I have a lot of thoughts, Chris. So okay. The first thing that pops uh, no, into my head. Not you. Uh, go on. <laughs> the first thing that pops in my head is I just try to think of the, tra- the trajectory of the next kind of like phase of Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally, my brain gravitates towards another trilogy, right? Uh, and it's hard to imagine Tom Holland going more after another trilogy. So I got to imagine these next three films we kind of sunset his version of the character. And also it probably will coalesce with like whatever secret wars type of universe reset thing that they might end up doing. You know, there's lots of craziness that they could do. He could, he could be a a big, big star of that, you know, go out on a, on a big note as well. Kind of like Captain America did. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm kind of framing this as another trilogy in my head. It yep. could be one less movie, it could be one more movie, or maybe it's like the third movie, it's more of like he's in a bigger film, but he has an emotional or, tie up in that I, movie. I, I'm going to throw throw, throw in a, just a sprinkle of suggestion on top of your, your thoughts here. Maybe they, they do this trilogy as a transition to Miles in the MCU. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing I was thinking too. It is very, very hard to imagine with the popularity of Spider-Verse out there in the world and these Spider-Man games that Miles Morales does not get soft introduced in one of these next coming Spider-Man movies. It would it would almost be a waste. Like, how do you not do it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to think that, that somehow that leans into it, that. So And Homecoming did have a if you want to say this an upcoming softies and even softer, softer tease, if you will, the softest <laughs> yeah, they did have- cheese, if you will, with uh, uh, his uncle Aaron, um, who also made a cameo appearance in across the spider verse. Yeah. Well. And like, and Donald Glover, a big pole, be a yep. great guy to bring back. And I feel like he's going to even age into the role yep. even more. I hope he's open to doing it because, yeah. <clears throat> you know, maybe imagine an uncle Aaron popping on the screen in the next, like, you know, six to eight years you know mm-hmm. he like uh donald glover already has like the 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 grizzled kind of like beard fashionista out there in the world i feel like he could do a very great pr- prowler yep. so obviously that's set up and the thing that i'm most excited about is he doesn't have the super powered suit anymore obviously he has his own intelligence and his own ability to build stuff but he does not have kind of like the stark machine behind him anymore mm-hmm. so i think some of these more grounded characters like chameleon or tombstone make a lot of sense um i like i really want a moment in the next movie where he's really struggling to take down a villain that normally we would have seen him do in like the blink of an eye. Like, yeah. I think the scene is now officially cut because uh, I can't, I think I still keep remembering it in a trailer where he's like inside of a restaurant or something and he's got like the iron spider suit on and he takes out like a bunch of goons. I think. It oh, got cut from that, was from, yeah, that was, that was, that was, yeah. Spider-Man three, um, no way home at the intro. Like he, he still had that suit cause he, he yeah. was accepting the check and then he walked out and they were supposed to have that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to see him like really, really struggle. Cause that's going to be fun. And yeah. a, a character like tombstone would be perfect. Like a right. big, like lumbering dude. And like, you know, like he'd be like, Oh, yep. if I just had like these gadgets, this would be no problem. It, but like I always, Chris, like I always complain about, uh, they need, mm-hmm. they need a, a true origin of tombstone with like explaining his like super strength in some way it can they can do whatever they want but don't just show me like a gray skinned um giant statue and don't explain why he can punch spider-man in the face and he flies across the room you know like (laughs) if you explain it somehow and i would say one of the 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 things with it is um spider-man movies they've always they've, they've done a good job introducing the villains but his villains were always stark based right like literally tony stark ruined the you know, uh, Vulture's life. He ruined the um, Mysterio's life. And then the other one was the Spider-Verse where he was dealing with the other Spider-Men's villains, um, which, which had origins. So I think, I don't I don't think they'll have a problem doing an introduction on a villain or doing that. I think, honestly, some of the amazing Spider-Man problems where they spent too much time introducing a villain's origins rather than, you know, hey, we kind of get it, move, move along. I would think, you know, the other rumor that we have on the board here that we've talked about months ago, months ago is it is going to be like, daredevil was supposed to be in this right and it's going to be like a street level hero kind of issue right that they're dealing with and mm-hmm. if they choose someone to fight one thing that spider-man you know it's his great uh power comes great responsibility is none of his villains have really 
killed anybody before, right? Like other than uh, No Way Home, which is great when they when you know they they not that it's great that they killed Aunt May, but like there was actually stakes on the line before. Like you know, if he's fighting someone street level, they need to deal with like, hey, these people will kill. Like it's not like oh they're just you know posturing. Like these people are mm-hmm. dangerous, and he needs to have those consequences, those those stakes on the line to make it more believable along the way. Um, because you know, again, I agree, I agree. If it needs to, if it start, if it's a trilogy, start small, work your way back up. Um, but like these people need to be threats, other than just, other than if, if Tombstone doesn't have powers, um, you know, he just needs to be a like someone like Wilson Fisk, a kingpin esque character, right? Who is, you know, yes, he can brawl, he's not invincible, but like he's smarter than he looks, right? He's playing the longer mm-hmm. game. So, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for Spider Man. I'm glad that everyone. If these, any of these rumors come out true, everyone's on the same page. They they need to be a street level. He's a street level hero again. He's not um, Tony Stark's uh, sidekick, if you will, at, yeah. at the end of the day. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. But speaking of Kingpin, we're going to talk a little bit about Daredevil here. Um, Daredevil Born Again resumes filming this week after um, we've heard all the retooling last summer, 2023, right? We got all those reports. Everyone's talked about it. They've got a new... You know, people running the show, their TV showrunners are retooling, using some of the old footage, but making it kind of align with more of the Netflix Daredevil series, more than the um, procedural drama that we were, you know, going to get. But one of the other notes was this week is that they're bringing back Philip Silvera, who was the stunt fight coordinator on Daredevil for the Netflix shows. And that's great. And he is going to be doing the same thing. And will be the second unit director and second unit uh, for people who don't know, usually films all the action scenes when the main actors aren't there. Like they use stand-ins and stunts uh, people to to get that done. I mean, I don't know much about this guy's career outside of, you know, just doing uh, stunt choreography for the original Daredevil. But I do like that he's kind of seems like being elevated or promoted to second unit director. Maybe we could see this guy creating his own kind of like John Wick in the future now that he's kind of working his way up the ladder. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I I was thinking if it's going back into production, uh, this is our kind of first Marvel streaming show that we've kind of been promised is going to have longer run episodes. Like what what was it? 16, 17. It's supposed to be 18, but I will add an asterisk. One of the rumors or or things that they've not finalized the new episode count yet because they planned 18 and then like, Hey, we'll fix it post with the new TV things. They may have like 16 instead, but yes, 16, 18. And originally I would have told you, Oh, we probably won't be seeing this until 2025. Uh, but usually when these TV shows are longer and run, you know, they're, they're kind of shooting them sequentially in order, right? Because they have, you know, they're working through the timeline of the season. They, there could be a point where they're shooting and filming and editing and airing all at the same time. I mean, that's what happens classically with like you know network tv shows right you know they start shooting them they start airing them and you know about like six weeks into production that first episode starts to air and they're working while they're airing that's kind of like a traditional like Mm -hmm. tv um pipeline so yeah there's a chance that who knows maybe this could you know slot into the fall cycle it it will not this is january 2025 that that much we do know from previous reports um, so, but that's still 18 episodes is nothing to scoff at, right? They're going to be taking yeah. a lot of, of time, but so I, I think maybe they could still be doing some editing because my, my concern is thinking of an 18 week show, Mike, how much Marvel, how are they, how are they dropping all 18 over 
each week? Are they going to do batches of three like other shows have I done could, before? I could see it. Like if they if they design a mid season finale, I could see you know like a break in the yeah. middle. You know, do like a one or two month break for them to drop. You know, yeah, whatever their next Star Wars thing is in there, then they come back with more Daredevil. But eight, I, eighteen weeks is like again how that's like four months, four and a half months of yeah the show. You know. They're bringing back the the traditional showrunner style. The new uh, WGA rules kind of puts a, a more writer friendly, you know, protections in for the production. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like now, like this is this show is going to be structured so much more similarly to what you know creates good work. And it seems like that they're just going to have more flexibility. So if they feel like, oh, we do want to move this up, you know, to like November or December, I wouldn't be shocked to see if it would happen. Mm. But January next year, I'm also not surprised. That almost seems like sooner than I would expect it to be, even if it was like the normal Marvel, like six episode. Yeah. And I think it's because they are they're able to salvage some of the previous shot footage already. Like you know, like we don't need to take all of it out. So I think that's going to save them some time on that. I I am interested to see how this shakes out because this will be a good. This will be our first. Um, you know, I guess our toes in a new water for Marvel, right? You know, um, uh, you know, the shows so far have been the old production model, film it like a movie, fix it in post. We've got three of those this year that I know of, right? We've talked about it a little bit. Um, Agatha, well, we just watched Echo, Agatha, and Ironheart is still on the plate. Uh, for those who forgot, Ironheart is still on the plate. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see if um, anything changes that. Do you think now because of this, do you think they may be like, okay, hey, we want to go refilm anything for the other shows to maybe help enhance it because we now know what we did wrong? I mean, I'm worried about Ironheart. You know, I, I, I felt like her character had a, a rough intro mm-hmm. in um, in Wakanda Forever. Uh, if the show has kind of already been shot, done well, it, for it, the most part. It's, it's finished now, but I, again, I think that's one of those shows that could get a lot of post-production because of the suits, right? So they they could film some more stuff, yeah. I feel. I yeah. mean, I yeah, I, I'm less worried about the visual fidelity and just more the story really? in general. Because... <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it was just it was cooked. It was cooked in the old uh, in well, the old Disney Plus crockpot. Well, know? I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say, uh, you know, people said the same thing about Echo, and it's been you know, that's true. Positive. I I, I love being proved wrong. Yeah. So prove yeah, exactly. Wrong. I, I, exactly. I'm not saying anything. Agatha or or Ironheart are gonna be great shows by any means. Uh, it's just you know, Echo was one of those things. Like, yeah, we we really we expected less, and it, and it became more. So. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to pass and maybe fill in some other stuff. Like, hey, we want to re- re- redo an episode or something along the way. But we'll they see. gave us a show with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier together, and I hated it. Yeah. Anything can happen. Well, it's Anthony Mackie. It's mostly him. Take him out of that. Oh, Probably got a good show, don't you? Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, since we're, we're going to talk about what if scenarios, Mike, let's jump into what if here. Um, Marvel's what if season four is apparently looking likely. Uh, I know we've we know three's in the, in the case, but uh, reports are they're, you know, seeing, you know, success and some returns on, on the animated properties. And um, they look like they might have a, a season four cooking in the books. But the other part of this is Marvel maybe more specifically Kevin Feige are mulling over an animated movie release in the MCU for the first time um, due to the popularity of um, 
not tied to what if, but 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 something maybe like Spider Verse or, or Mutant Mayhem because of the popularity of animated films right now. I love I love that. Uh, I hope they push the envelope of visual experimentation because that's what's really been getting me excited. Um, I wonder if maybe they have a, a certain story arc or a character in mind, you know, something mm-hmm. that can kind of take advantage of some of the freedom that animation gives you. Uh, but yeah, this is, this excites me. Yeah, I, I think there'd be you know some stories maybe they, they've not been able to tell um, because you know maybe the character was not you know right or, or the budget was too high because you can have a cheaper budget on animation right like you know drawing drawing frames all we talked about is way cheaper than having actors and green screen and stuff like that so unless restriction so I would say maybe maybe it's a character that we've not seen before do you think it's gonna so here's my here's gonna be the the, the split I'm gonna ask you is it an Earth based character Mike or is it a space based character? Oh, I mean, the first thing that popped into my head was the Savage Lands, uh-huh. uh, because like a talking dinosaur would just be really, really fun to do. I feel like you could pull that off uh, in animation pretty well. Um, okay. But it, it seems like they're they're finally kind of like seeing the return of investment just on animation over there at Marvel, yeah. because that's kind of the gamble that you take when you're making animated projects. Is there's a lot of uh, financial commitment up front, right? It takes a lot longer to make this stuff. You have to hire a lot more people uh, to create all the beautiful artwork and everything, and it takes a while. You usually have to order more up front to make it financially worth it uh, to put all that effort into it, but it seems like it's actually starting to turn out well. So, like, yeah, let's keep the machine going. Let's make more what if. Let's make an animated movie. Mm-hmm. We've kind of proven that people are staying subscribed to Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, it, because it, of it. Well, this could also be theatrical. I don't. I don't want to take that off the table. Um, mm-hmm. Like a theatrical release as well. Uh, to to just test it. I know. You know, James Gunn has said a lot about you know um, they're going to be doing animated movies over there. They're already doing great animated movies at Warner Brothers, right? Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One just dropped recently. Part Two is coming up, so you know they could be looking at their competitor and saying, "Hey, what, what's on your side of the fence? Can we get that too?" Along the mm-hmm. way, so um, and all those all the all the DC ones, by the way, have not gone to HBO Max. There are Max. They're going to. Um, you know, rent, uh, buy them in physical or buy them digitally first. So mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a good strategy to get some money, you know, out of those things without saying, hey, you know, throw it on throw it on streaming. We'll get subscribers eventually down that. So um, yeah, well, we'll keep you guys posted on that. But that brings us to you know our, one of our main points here and our, our thumbnail images here is Star Wars, uh, Star Wars, and we're getting to Star Wars what up? But Star Wars, uh, I got some schedules for you, Mike. We'll talk we'll talk a little bit about this. Um, have you been are you able to keep track of anything Star Wars going on? Because I know you have a hard time. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, we, la- we reported last week that Mandalorian and Grogu is coming as the next movie, and that's going to be coming in 2025. Reports are okay. Ray's movie, uh, Episode Nine, whatever they call it, is coming in 2026. Mm-hmm. Dawn of the Jedi, which is the first Jedi movie from um, James Mangold, is 2027. And then Dave Filoni's Heir to the Empire movie, uh, thing will be maybe by 2028 at the latest so it sounds like starting next year we're going to be getting star wars event films in theaters again gee i mean like this obviously does not help my timeline with lash mm-hmm. this makes it worse we are oscillating yeah, yeah so aggressively back and forth to the beginning of the jedi like that's it's just insane we're covering uh, the entire spectrum here, the the past and yeah. the future, all in one. Obviously, any of these movies on their own can be good, yeah. right? You know, 
hire a good writer, get a good director in there. I could sit down and enjoy any one of these, right? But I feel like when you're talking about these like big properties, like where's where's the where's that X factor? You know, mm. where's that synergy? You know, we got it a little bit with Mando and Grogu because you know I gotta imagine that that ties into this Air, 2028, yeah. you know, Filoni the, thing, the the Disney Plus verse, if you will, or timeline, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, bless bless Daisy Ridley. She did the best with what she was given, but like, boy, do I not really care to return. Uh, to the sequel of that last Star Wars movie, oh. so I don't know. I don't know so what they're going to do. It's fifteen. There. It's a fifteen-year jump, by the way. They did confirm that uh, in the movie, which is about how that would work for her age. She's aged into it, if you will, along the way. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I guess there's some creative stuff that you could do. It's not. I don't think it's. Ep- I I say episode. Nine, I don't think it's episode nine. I think it's. They're going to take this in a non. Um, Skywalker saga approach, if you will. Like, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got to you gotta differentiate and yourself. My my that. my hope would be, and this is hope, and this will probably very unfounded, Mike. That maybe, you know, Ray's movie. Maybe she's training Jedi, right, or trying to 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 do some Jedi training. Um, and in that movie, she the one of the books or one of the stories is about the first Jedi, and then we get the movie about that story the next year with Dawn of the Jedi. From, yeah, that could that could be helpful. In theory, in theory, um, in theory, again, now mind you, I'm I'm a, I'm optimistic here by all means. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily want a Star Wars movie to rely off a of MacGuffin like an object, but at least that would be a creative way to be like, oh, if Ray has to uncover some sort of artifact, mm-hmm. maybe we see the origin, the creation of that artifact in that James Mangold movie, you know, and it's has like this pure distillation of force energy. And yeah, like and Ray the, finds it because she is such a strong yeah. Jedi. She's searched through the past but ancestors. Like it could know. tie into Dave's um, Mortis gods. Actually, the Force beans that we were teased at the end of Ahsoka as well. Yeah, that that could. Be. It, well, again, I, I I'm hopeful that someone's pulling. Maybe you know Dave's pulling the strings on the creative thing. Maybe he's got something going on. We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there is no issue with creating uh, an interesting or fun hero in the Star Wars universe, right? It's mm-hmm. always easy to justify somebody fighting for good, but it seems really hard for Star Wars to find a good villain. Cause mm-hmm. it seems like most of these villains just end up being like mustache twirling, like baddies, right? Where it's just like, like I'm thinking like all of like the generals that we've seen in the Star Wars universe, like, why are you so evil? Like you are so inherently bad. You're exploding an entire planet. Mm-hmm. What brings a person to do that? Yeah. And I feel like the closest they've done to ever exploring any of that is in the Andor show where you kind of get to see like, oh, they they're think Nazis. that they're right. They're not. Yeah, <laughs> like the thumb is being pressed on them. You know, they rather mm-hmm. they want to be fighting on the winning side, not the losing side. So, yeah, I, I feel like that that's the strategy moving forward made with Ray's movie. Just find a villain mm-hmm. that we actually find compelling. You right. Know? And I think, again, if we get rid of, again, the, the thing I hate the most about the uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, the last, you know, episode nine or I guess episode nine, I was saying that earlier. Episode nine is that it relies on luck and, and destiny too much, right? Like, oh, I found this uh knife that if i hold it right i can see where the crash death star is but they had this knife before the death star crashed so mm-hmm. how how did that tell us where the special room was kind of thing right like um it, it was way too much on coincidence and, and luck and, and uh destiny so hopefully they can rely on that less and move towards again like you said a 
you know, compelling arc, you know, we're doing things that aren't, you know, isn't predetermined along the way and then they can make yeah, their at, own path. At the very least, invent something that they can make a cool theme park ride out of, mm-hmm. you know, something yeah. they can tack on the galaxy's edge. If you're right. going to make movies, I don't like at least let's get a good ride out right. of it. Yeah. If, if anything, I mean, you know, Star Wars sounds and visuals, they always hit no matter mm-hmm. how awful the story is. Lastly, I forget Sean Levy, uh, director of Deadpool three, is doing a Star Wars movie. Like, you know, it's one of those secret, you know, Star Wars movies along the way. So it's Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah. uh, but Sean Levy's film, rumored, could take could be in a different timeline with an older take on Ray, is what I've heard. Um, oh boy. <laughs> I, I, now I, I I put no I put no weight in this simply because he's already doing a multiverse with Deadpool three, and that's probably where people are getting their their wires crossed for this right yeah i mean i i hope and i would it would be a safe bet that deadpool 3 is a success on most levels but what if for some weird reason deadpool 3 goes the way of like um thor love and thunder you know Mm -hmm. we all thought it was going to be great and then we got what we got and then i wouldn't be surprised if a sean levy star wars movie kind of evaporates (laughs) well and that's why you know it's not really here it's on the time we don't know and i don't think the one thing I don't think Star Wars needs in their live action universe is multiverses, right? Different timelines. Oh um, God! No. In, in live action, so I I'm gonna chalk this up as a huge rumor. Take it with a grain of salt, and someone's probably just you know, hey, miscommunicating their their Deadpool rumors with their their Star Wars rumors for Sean Levy because he's he's all doing both at the same time. Um, but that leads me into well, if we can't do that in live action, what if we did it in animation, Mike? The Star Wars What If, which is highly rumored, and this has been multiple times before, to get a What If treatment for Disney+. Plus. It wouldn't be called What If, that's a Marvel thing, that's their comic book series, right? So I don't know if they call it Legends of Star Wars, Tales from Star whatever they want to call it. I don't know. Um, but I've linked here one of the, the, the biggest imager al- uh, galleries I've ever seen of alternate concept art from Battlefront 3 and 4 which shows variants of every hero and villain known to man in Star Wars, Mike, up to that point. Um, this this gallery was uploaded in 2018, so this is not new. This is six years old. Um, but the video games in Star Wars, as I was going to say, are no strangers to telling what-if stories or alternate you know, events. If this battle had gone this way instead of that way, if this character was good instead of evil or evil instead of good, you know, Force Unleashed had, you know, extra DLC that was like, hey, what if Starkiller was around and, you know, he's the one who did all the damage, you know, in the main timeline movies? Or, you know, uh, what if Luke was evil kind of thing? So mm-hmm. seeing this artwork for these things, but like, yeah, they had the designs down and ready. Like, here's an evil Obi-Wan Kenobi right here, right right, right away. Number one, number two. Um, what if he was the one who was, you know, a Sith? Um, and, you know, General, there's General Grievous as a person if he wasn't a robot and you know, Duke Goofy, State of Jedi, so on and so forth. So I think this is a cool opportunity for them to dive into these what if, you know, alternate Star Wars stories that we may have imagined in our heads at some points in our lives since Star Wars has been around. Yeah, this is weird. This is almost more appealing to me than like the idea of Marvel's what if, because I feel like Marvel what if really relies heavily on, you know, the cinematic MCU in a way where is as this is like a what if of my childhood 
right? Yeah. You know, like what if Luke missed that vent on the Death Star and they lost the battle? How it would have gone? So it's like kind of like rewriting my childhood in a way, which could be a fun form of nostalgia that I'm not really getting from Marvel's What If because, you know, I was a pretty fully formed human being by the time I saw my first uh, Marvel movie. So yeah. this could be a, a, a fun a fun change of pace for me at least yeah so if you guys get some time I, I recommend clicking on this and going through it you can see how they were planning to put these battles into the game battlefront four and and do alternates you know like you know oh. you scroll down enough you get a redeemed darth vader you know i'm that i was literally just about to, i'm looking at that right now i scrolled through the album yeah it's like his his face is more exposed he's got like he's still got you know mechanical things like keeping him alive but he's got the jedi robes on Yep. really cool yeah jedi darth maul if he wasn't a sith you know kind of thing uh animatics you know um animatic storyboards i guess for some of these battles um yeah it's, it's pretty cool to look at you know some of the stuff you get through here dark um you know what if uh leia was a, a sith instead of a jedi at the end of it so um absolutely fun i think this would be a great story i think you know we've all had these toys from kids mike we've all done different stories in our heads like this. So I think it would be great. Now this is also separate than star Wars visions. Visions is like where different studios get to use their art style to tell stories in the star Wars universe. And this would be more of a, Hey, these scenarios are very different that you know from, or how do they turn out mm-hmm. differently? Uh, and then also I did put in here, I might notice here, this could reintroduce star killer from the force unleashed games and it's alternate events, which were really cool. They could animate those stories games you played as star killer. He's a fun little character played by, uh, um, Whitwer, what's his name? Sam Whitwer, who voices a lot mm. of the characters. He voiced Darth Maul, actually, in the Clone Wars along the way. So, check out that concept art. Have some fun with that. Uh, earlier this week, I think last week we talked about um, Indiana Jones video game would be getting its trailer this week, and it did, and it was confirmed to be called Indiana Jones in the Great Circle. And the name alone didn't do me good until I watched the trailer that came out, Mike. The trailer explained what the Great Circle is, and I'm like, oh, this sounds like Indiana Jones theory, and I like it. It's very fun. So you can click in our show notes and see, watch the trailer for yourself if you've not already. But one of the cool things about this game compared to, say, Uncharted or Tomb Raider, which are very similar in veins, is that this is a first-person game, Mike. You play as Indiana himself. Yeah, I've never really played a Bethesda game before, so I don't know if there's going to be kind of like visual language or kind of movement styles that I'm going to be unfamiliar with that a lot more people have a handle on um mm-hmm. so i don't have a lot of experience with kind of like their first person you know i know people have like spent half of their lives inside of something like skyrim that are going to be able to dive yeah. right into well, this so i did think it was kind of interesting you yeah know, take a very iconic looking character and now we don't get to see him so much anymore it's yeah. a, kind of a bold move yeah and and it, i think it to me again and everyone else said it differentiates itself from being tomb raider right or being uncharted which are essentially indiana jones games whenever those come out. And I would say that, yes, this is um, from Bethesda, but it is um, technically one of the subsidiaries called Machine Games. So this isn't a Starfield. This isn't, um, you know, uh, a Skyrim kind of thing. This is a company that made, like, the Wolfenstein games. So they're very familiar with Nazis, if you will, along the way. <laughs> yeah, as long as I get to shoot a Nazi. Yeah, so you get guns. There's the whip. So the whip becomes, you know, essentially an extension of your character. What was really cool is like seeing like he's got a lighter and like he's in catacombs. He's pushing aside jungle debris for wheels and cogs to be placed. Right, uh, very much a puzzler game with a, with a little bit of action along the way. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the the gameplay pieces, everything at least to me seemed very 
kind of seem kind of small and sparse. So I don't know if, if the, if everything's just not built out quite yet, but like, Oh, they would want to, Oh, let's showcase Indy using his whip. And there's like one singular bad guy in front of him, like in the middle of like a warehouse or something like that. So I'm sure there's more going on in the scene overall. I could see maybe there's like kind of maybe stealth components to this because it's not like Indiana Jones is a superhero. He can't like take, take on hordes of people yeah, or multiple kind of, yeah, so that kind of felt a little odd, but I mean, that's just kind of like trailer cutting um, choices. It seems yeah. like the, the the bigger thing here is I think a lot of people are talking about the voice, mm-hmm. and I am unfamiliar with Troy. Oh Troy my Baker. gosh, he enough to the point when they showed his his name at the beginning of the trailer, I thought this was just like a. Um, this was the the person that like making the game or something, you know, like um, what's his face from The Last of Us? I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like the creator of like the narrative and everything yeah. in the world. Like they throw his name in front of a lot of Last of Us stuff to give it credibility. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know who Tro- Troy Barker is. I guess he's like some sort of video game auteur or something. So I thought through the whole game, I honestly thought I was hearing like did they bring Harrison Ford in and they're yeah. like de-aging his voice? Are they using AI or something on his voice? Because they made this bizarre decision for every line that's spoken is so flat and monotone. Like mm-hmm. at the very end, his, his voice does get raised like a little bit, but like, it's just always like, I need to find this. I wonder where yeah. this is going. Like there's like no like big moments. And that's what I love like about Indiana Jones in the movies is like when Harrison Ford is like running away for something and he's like screaming at somebody. And sometimes it's like clipping the microphone, you know? Yeah. So Troy Baker is probably the biggest, maybe second biggest video game um, or I guess animation voice actor in the, in the world, if you will. Uh, He voiced um, the main character in the last of us, the guy, what's his name? Um, uh, Joel. Joel in The Last of Us. He has done. He has been Batman. He has been the Joker. He has been Hawkeye and Loki across all sorts of different things. Um, I was trying to find some more of his recent stuff. Um, Miles, Mor- you played Miles Morales, the video game. He's Simon Krieger, mm-hmm. the villain. He voices that okay. in that in that one. Um, he, he's he's ever. You go look at his 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 Wikipedia page is just ginormous of full stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, it, I I. It's not he's not doing Troy Baker because Troy Baker has a voice to himself. He sounds like once you put him side by side with everybody else, you're like, I know who this is. So the fact that they were even like, you know, they didn't try to like, hey, we're just gonna do a different voice. We know it's a video game, it's different, was is great. And I I to me it sounds pretty good. And I've heard people who are oh, huge fans be like, Oh, this sounds like I agree. Harrison Ford, yeah. He's he sounds amazing to the point where I thought a computer was like recontextualizing yeah. Harrison's own voice. Yep. Uh, but like they just picked weird line reads, and that's it, all it is. So I don't know who was in charge of putting this reveal trailer together. Yeah, I just feel like they could have done a better the, job. The, the trailer, yeah, the trailer is absolutely three minutes of of not a lot of action, right? It's more of the puzzly game. Um, you know, a couple couple montages of him punching somebody in the face multiple times. So I'm excited to to see more about it. But it is coming out this year. Um, but sadly, it is for PC and Xbox uh, uh, alone. So. Um, maybe they'll have it on Game Pass and, and people can stream it online. But I'm, I'm, or maybe it's not even on PC. Maybe it's just Xbox. But I'm excited to, to play a nice little um, puzzle solving game because I also saw Tomb Raider one, two, and three are coming remastered to all the other consoles again this year. Um, not again, but you know, coming out this year. So I'm excited to dive back into the, you know, the jungle cave diving spelunking characters, if you will, along the way, for that. 
Um, moving on, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I feel like this just came out in theaters last week, Mike. Uh, but apparently <laughs> it is already coming to digital this week, uh, January 23rd in the U.S., barely a month after theatrical debut. Uh, which is... I know you were... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I know you were telling me this movie was picking up a little bit more money um, overseas, yeah. pun intended, yeah. but I did have that kind of um, comparison chart thrown up on my phone, and domestically, yeah. uh, it, it couldn't even achieve what the first, I think the first Shazam movie yeah. did so this one really kind of fell off pretty quickly yeah it's still it's still it's if you look at worldwide it is gaining it's above the flash um well before the flash petered off so it, it is an interesting choice to take it to digital so soon um but my guess is maybe piracy in other markets there's a lot of piracy in china philippines yeah markets like that um i think you know hispanic markets so to combat that they try to get it out so people can buy it without you know convenience rather than going to pirate it i'm sure it's not the singular reason why they're doing it but jason momoa does have his own like kind of reality travel show that i'm seeing promoted to me every time i open up max where i think it's just kind of like famous person hangs out with his buddies each Mm -hmm. and every episode and he jumps off a plane or something or goes bungee jumping um rides a motorcycle i think I, all of these famous dudes they just get famous enough to the point where like i want to make a tv show where i'm just riding around on my motorcycle i just oh, want to yeah. do what norman reedus does um so that could be a little bit of like promotion synergy of like if you're a big jason momoa mm-hmm. fan you got to subscribe to max because that's that's the home for momoa yeah the other uh, and this is and again this is not streaming i know i know you know that but this is not streaming this is for digital purchase um the other thing is, do you think they're trying to sweep the DCEU under the rug quickly? Like, hey, uh, it's done, it's gone, it's out, get the box set, go away <laughs> kind of deal. Like, Yeah, I, it is kind of funny. Once you see these movies pop up in your Netflix uh, home home screen, you're just like, oh, yeah, it's dead. Yeah. Like, if the, <laughs> this, this, like, once you see it outside of, like, the brand's fencing, it's just like, ooh, this feels like uh, we're about to see a four-DVD combo pack in a mm-hmm. bin at Walmart soon, you know, like this is yeah. going to get the nope. first Suicide Squad Wal- treatment here. <laughs> Walmart's killing physical media. They're they're stopping carrying games, and I guarantee you, movies are next. Uh, so we won't even get it at the at the dollar bin, Mike. We'll have to go to Dollar General or yeah. Family Dollar like, or something. It's like it's like also that same feeling, like when you're in a Dollar General and you're in the like you wheel your little tiny cart by the toy mm-hmm. section, and there's mm-hmm. like a a very old unpopular Funko pop just sitting there. It's just like, Ooh, is is that going to be like Orm? Is Is Orm from the lost kingdom going to be on that shelf? (laughs) Yeah. Five below. That's where I imagine we're going to see this before. before But, but it's coming, um, coming out soon. Um, and then that'll be it for the DC EU. And this year we'll have Joker two, which is else worlds. And what was the other, the, um, creature commandos should be coming out this year to kick off the DCU proper. Um, Weird, weird things that I, I don't know what they are, Mike, and I can't explain this very well, but there's a <laughs> comic book called The Max, M-A-X-X. Uh, if you see the character The Max, you're going to recognize him because he's got like this weird toothy smile chin kind of thing kind of going on here. And he's kind of bulky, kind of like a Spawn slash Hulk slash, you know, um, you know Mexican wrestler kind of look to him. Uh, but... The Channing Tatum uh, has announced that he's involved in the adaptation of this comic book series to a movie. Um, Which is 
absolutely wild to Absolute. imagine this in live action. Yes. So I'll go ahead and give you the synopsis here. So a confused, hulking, homeless superhero, the Max, tries to protect his social worker and friend Julie from an omniscient serial killer, Mr. Gone, both in the real world, which may or may not be real, and the subconscious fantasy world. Okay. So let's unpack this. Um, he's a homeless superhero. Okay. In a real world or unreal world. So he imagines he's a, uh, this big guy in the subconscious fantasy world, but in the real world, he's just a homeless dude with a social worker. Uh, <laughs> and it's wild. And I included the, the, this actually had a small animated series from MTV in the nineties. I included a clip here. And do you like jazz bass? Because you're going to get some <laughs> jazz bass in this trailer. And it is um, just wild to look at. It looks like they animated yeah. the comic book a little bit. Like they didn't really, it was yeah, minimal actual animation, but yeah. Yeah. If you're not super familiar with the art style or the character, it's just absolute peak nineties comic books, like tons of like sharp angles, just, uh, uh, uh just ungodly muscular proportions, uh, re- like really dark, like blacks. And it's like, it's like a black background and they colored on it like the Batman kind of did yeah like strong silhouettes uh surprisingly you watch clips and you would expect pouches to be all over this man and a a severe lack of pouches it kind of seems weird but they still fit into that 90s um comic book vibe even without uh pouches adorning the character so yeah i I almost got to imagine even though it channing tatum is is attached who Mm -hmm. is um I, i suppose still um a box office driver in a way this kind of almost feels like would this be like a double feature with that new um, um, Toxic Avenger movie that's coming out? Is yeah. that that's kind of the the, the zone where it, I'm categorizing it should, them in my head. And it should be right based on the style, based on how weird this is. They should take it as B movie status and, and and put as much love and care into it. Maybe it'll it'll you know get there. But this is not triple A movie worthy. Watching this, like the story alone is wild. Uh, I the the it's really weird if you look into it. It's it's. It didn't live for very long, uh, so I don't know what his draw is to it. But boy, this is just um, not something I expected to be announced anytime soon. Uh, yeah, from, I, mean, from anybody. I, I don't know. I don't know what executive thought that this was going to be uh, the big payday. But you know, like if Channing Tatum wants to do it, I guess he can get it made. Yeah, let me see here. Is this Amazon? Is this an Amazon thing? Because I feel like I was like maybe I read this on Amazon. No, it's Paramount. It's Paramount. They lost. They lost Tom Cruise, so they're grabbing at everything. Uh, <laughs> and this is this is what they got. So um, we'll keep you guys posted as the this moves along. Uh, whether or not or makes it to the screen is we are yet to to see. Mike, that's the episode for today. But if people want to know what you're doing, what you're up to, buddy, where can they find you at? Yeah, they can read my uh, web comic at Life Rewards Risk dot com or pickledcomics.com chris if people want to catch up with you where can they find you find me on instagram valdan87 v-a-l-d-a-n or video game systems of the same name i got some video game systems today i was telling mike before the show i'm gonna put them on there we'll let people see these retro consoles mike they're gonna get to yes. see them but Please. if people know want to know about our show where we do our weekly news episode and our upcoming madam web review uh uh, where can they <laughs> get that at? 
All you got. I, I just I looked that movie up the other day because I was like, oh, I, I kind of weirdly want to get my tickets for it already. If they're not out it, yet. It comes out on Valentine's Day, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, that is that's just really funny. Like, oh yeah, Valentine's. That's we're gonna I I looked it up sure. and I was like, where can I get these tickets? And they're um, nowhere to be found. I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> even pre-order them. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Damn it, Sony! Just take my. Uh, Take my money take my take my Cinemark free movie pass for the month. Come on now, we <laughs> yes, you're exactly. gonna be what it is. We go on, but head up, head on over to superheroslate.com. That is the headquarters for everything we do here at the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify. Um, if everyone chips in all at once, maybe we can get a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> Think they got any mm. free slots left open that we can slide in an advertisement? We could probably get one at like a local channel and like out in like Utah or something maybe, but like not national. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Um, but we love our fans. If you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy. We'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We will see you guys next week. Bye.